Welcome everybody to another GD podcast. Guy DeMarco, your host, and I'm here today to talk to you about the Bayou Ballistics match that was held at the Prince Range in Louisiana. It was an NRL Hunter match. It was the Bayou Ballistic. It was put on by Robert Brantley, and it was awesome. Had a really good time at the match. So we had... Five teams and 43 individual shooters ranging from factory, open light, open heavy, couple of skills, some young guns, military shooters, um, brand new shooters have never shot a scoped rifle match before. Some never shot a long range um a long range optics match before so no previous NRL 22 or race gun PRS style matches at all this was all brand new to them and they came out and had a good time um start off with the scoreboards uh first place team was Brandon Green and Ryan Steinforth then we had the overall match winner Isaiah Curtis with a 104 we had, and he was shooting an open light rifle, so he took first place open light. Then we had David Swedberg, uh, fellow shooter out of here, out of Florida down here, uh, took open heavy with a 103. And then we had a Dwayne Strauss with factory win. So, um, one like the top scores were a 104, a 103, a 102, and a 101. And then down to a 97. Um, so the the top four dudes were all within one point of each other, which was awesome. So to give you a little background on this range, this is a southeast range. It's a square range. It's got some berms on it. It's got pretty much one long firing line. And Robert Brantley made this match work and it worked extremely well um there was some concern it being a square range that it would be hard to put on an nrl hunter match there given the um the size of the range being only 850 yards long and um about 200 to 250 yards wide um how are you going to hide 15 stages without them being on top of each other you can separate it by day one and day two by not having day two steal up but like it was a it was a challenge and robert pulled it off amazingly he did it by staggering stages um so stages one two three four and five were the first stages that we shot and they were kind of separated by about 30 or 40 yards on the firing line. And then you'd shoot one, two, three, four, five. And once everybody was done with that, they'd rotate back and shoot um, six, seven, eight, and nine. And it was literally just one, one stage over from the next. So um, you weren't, you could see maybe the prop as you walk, walk up and down the line, but you weren't obviously allowed to look downrange, so you couldn't see the targets 
or know where the targets were all were or you could really only see the target placards from the actual shooting position so robert did a really really good job of hiding targets on this range whether it be hiding it um behind or beside berms so that you wouldn't be able to see it from other positions um uh the layout of the targets not overlapping another stage's targets. Um, the props that we shot off of were all very um, realistic hunting props. Um, we had we shot prone off the ground. We shot off of a cattle gate. We shot off of a down tree. We shot off of an elevated platform. We shot off of a UTV. We shot out of a blind. We shot off the bed of a truck. Um, we shot off of um, a big tractor tire. We like uh, we shot. We, there was you know go prone or shot shoot off a tripod, a, a, another cattle gate, a hay baler, a um, couple of shooting off your tripod stages. One specifically, you had to shoot off your tripod or you'd never hit the target. Just some really, uh, really smart and laid out stages from from Robert. Um, this is the first NRL hunter match that I have ever shot. I have shot a hunter themed match with the arena NRL 22 X match down at Blakely last June. And it was hunter themed, um, but it still wasn't a hunter match. So finally got to my first hunter match and man, like it's got my hooks in me. It's got its hooks in me. Like it is such a fun match and you'll hear in the interviews to come, um, how happy everybody is that they came out and shot it, whether they were RO or they were teams or they were, you know, just a shooter out of, out of Virginia coming down and, and shooting this match with her friends. Um, just a good, good time. Um, big shout out to the sponsors for a match that only had 53 total shooters at it. The prize table was stacked. Um, two rifles, all right? Um, two rifles. One was a factory gun and one was a custom gun by GA Precision. And I got to tell a little story about this custom gun. Um, uh, I don't want to call out the wrong manufacturer of the action, but a super lightweight um, hunting action. Manners Composite Stocks, super lightweight hunting uh, stock, super nice bottom metal, a Bart line carbon barrel, trigger tech um, trigger in it, threaded so you could put a suppressor on it. This thing was the bee's knees, weighed about six, six and a half pounds. Everybody that shot the match, ROs included, were going to be entered in a random draw for this rifle. Random draw goes off, one of the ROs wins. One of Robert's friends good dude. I shot with him all day on Friday. Really nice guy. Did pretty good. He literally walked up to Robert, took the rifle, took some pictures, XYZ, went around and uh, came time to walk the prize table for the order that he finished. Walked up to Robert and was like, hey, take that rifle and raffle it back off to one of the military law enforcement guys. Robert was like, you sure? He's like, yep, do it. So there was four active duty, um, military dudes there. So I went from a one in 50 some odd chance of winning 
to a one in four chance of winning, which was great odds. Um, it ended up going to one of the team shooters. He's out of the AMU. Um, great dude. You're going to hear the interview with him uh, here shortly. Awesome stuff. And then he turned around and was like, no, go ahead, raffle it off to somebody else. He's like, I got plenty of guns. And they were like, no, you know somebody that needs a gun. Go ahead, give it to give it to somebody that you feel is 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 in need or whatever. So he ended up taking the rifle. He's gonna give it to uh, a friend or, or or something else like that. But for people to continually want to give away something that they won that is super awesome just speaks volume of the shooting sports in general and how awesome they are. That everybody rather give back than receive, which is super awesome. Um, the defiance put a action on the table. Um, foundation came in with, um, swag and coffee and reloading blocks. There was Hodgdon powder certs. There was Safari certs. Vortex came in big with, um, some certs for Euro optics. We had, uh, Leupold had a, uh, TMR five to 25 Mark five on the table. Um, Athlon, there was range finders, little Frodo tripods, like, uh, trigger tech triggers. Like it was very, very, very well put together prize table for the, uh, for the match being a NRL hunter two day match being one of the first in the Southeast, definitely being the first one in Louisiana. Um, great. Great shout out, great, great representation on the prize table from a lot of amazing companies. I'd personally like to shout out um, Hornady. I got a 500 pack of 140 grain ELDX bullets for my walk on the prize table. So thank you, Hornady, for putting those on the table. Um, definitely going to put those to some good use, bump up my power factor a little bit for the next match. Um, awesome stuff. So, um, all that to say, I didn't shoot that well. I had a really rough start of my day on Friday. Like uh, some of you know, the RO shoot all the stages in one day. So we shot 15 stages in one day with about an hour and a half lunch. So Robert could go set up the day do two targets for us so we could continue shooting. So it was uh, it was crazy, but it was so so much fun. So uh, being my first time ever shooting this style of match, not necessarily knowing the format, not really having a process down f on how to attack the stages. I shot the entire day one course of fire, which was nine stages. So if we did public math, isn't my forte. So nine times eight, 72. So out of 72 rounds possible on the day one score, I shot a 30 which is not very good at all. Um, not good at all. So um, with that said, I shot the day two course of fire, which was another 48 rounds. I shot a 31. So I dropped way less points. So I was picking up speed and I was learning how to go about setting up my gear in my bag, what I needed to be carrying, what I didn't need to be carrying. Why was I carrying so much ammo? Why was I carrying a sand filled bag? Like, um, where I was carrying that sand field, sand filled bag, how I was deploying my tripod, 
what my tripod wasn't tight enough. So gear management, um, I learned a lot at this stage. I definitely want to try to make it out to the Oklahoma, um, NRL hunter match at the end of July. It's on my, it's now on my list. Um, my wife doesn't listen to my podcast, so she won't know that, but I'll just put it on the calendar. Um, yeah, just super, super interesting stuff. So, uh, a lot of fun gear management, I would say was probably going to be the biggest, um, thing that I learned. Like I carried a way too big of a backpack, my tripod selection. I mean, it's, I have two tripods. It's better, definitely the better of the two tripods, but like how I was carrying it, how I was storing it, I would change it running a ball head versus just running, um, the top of it bare, um, having it come loose on me, things like that. I definitely learned also, uh, laser rangefinder. Um, if you listen to this and you finish this, go over and listen to the VP precision podcast that they just did about the NRL hunter match that they just had in California in Northern California that, and, uh, they talk about how to dial in your rangefinder to know exactly where that beam is hitting inside either your circle or your reticle or your dot of your laser rangefinder. Cause just because you shoot that laser out and it's in the center of your circle, that doesn't necessarily mean that's where the beam is hitting down range. You actually have to find and determine where your laser rangefinder is, is hitting. Um, so they did a really good job about covering that and methods of scanning. So go over there, listen to the VP precision podcast. Um, and, and learn a thing or two about laser range finders. Um, so definitely a laser range finding match and a gear management match. But other than that, I mean, I had a blast. I have literally told everybody that has asked me how my match went, that this has probably been my favorite um, style of match to shoot, even though it's been my first one. Um, I may have a different opinion of that if I go to one of these crazy matches out in Wyoming or something like that, and I have to ruck and camp and sleep and everything else like that. But, um, yeah, super, super great time. I will tell you guys this. I recorded an entire like 45 minute episode with Travis Ashita, the, the, the man, the myth, the legend behind NRL Hunter stuff. Um, and there's some, there's some good info in there about things to come. That's going to be dropping next week. So go ahead and give it a listen, but I'm going to cut this short. And you guys go ahead and listen to all these interviews. Have a good time. If you can think of anything that you need um, question-wise that I can answer about this match, hit me up and I will try and get the answer for you and then get it relayed back to you so you can have the information. Till next time, guys, uh, shoot straight, you know, reload safely, drink responsibly, enjoy life, and we'll see you at the range. All right, guys, later. Welcome. Sweet. Okay, so I have here with me, as he takes a drink of his water, his name is Travis. Last name is? Dice. Dice. Fair enough. All right, so we're going to hit you with the, the, the lightning round real quick. Person that you want to train with? Scott Peterson. Okay. What's your favorite range snack? Oh, man. Got to be beef jerky or Copenhagen. <laughs> You spit or swallow the Copenhagen. You got it? <laughs> Every now and then. Okay. Depends on if I'm in the middle of a stage. Okay. Hunting or fishing? Hunting. Hunting? 
What do you what do you hunt? Uh, deer, uh, hogs, squirrels, turkeys, doves. Hobbies other than shooting. Uh, hunting. Hunting. <laughs> <laughs> Match gear prep. What's your, like? What's your process? Um, I just really go through my gun, get my gun cleaned up real good, uh, and then go through just making sure that I have all my mags tuned. I don't have any issues with them. Um, lab radar's working good. Uh, other than that, I don't really prep my gear a whole lot. Okay. Match superstitions. Uh, I don't believe in the range gods from a pagan god standpoint, but uh, I don't like reshoots, man. Range gods, if I ever believed in a pagan god, it was the range gods, man. They, they do not like reshoots. <laughs> okay. And then how do you stay mentally focused? Oh, that's a good one. Um, probably after I bomb a stage, I have to really, really focus on clearing, clearing my mind and, and, and getting mentally tuned back into uh, shooting the next stage right. Um, try to get away from people and, and really just, just slow down your thoughts and think through the process of how you diagnose a stage and break down what you got to do. Okay. So you... You're here at Bayou Ballistics, which is an NRL hunter match, which is precision hunting atmosphere. What brought you out to this match? Um, well, I shoot uh, – I'm probably going to shoot about 35 matches this year, and I was not planning on even making this match, but my weekend opened up, and uh, Robert – I met Robert Brantley at, at Arena this year. And he needed some help R. Owen, and I had a new Springfield Waypoint that I wanted to play with. So it's like, hey, I got the weekend, got the time. Let's let's go shoot an RL. Okay. Um, what do you primarily shoot? I primarily shoot multi-gun USPSA, uh, and then uh, quantified performance DMR type matches. Okay. Uh, only got into distance shooting really last year after going to arenas NRL. NRL, uh, they're. The one there last year. Yes, 2022. Okay, um, kind of got the got the bug, got the itch, and then yeah, and then came back for more. I did, I did. Actually, this year's NRL in arena, I had to borrow Scott Peterson's gun because I don't even I don't even have a gun for long distance. So now, okay. now I have the Springfield Waypoint, but okay, fair um, enough. I only got that three weeks ago. So all right, um, so this is your what your third NRL hunter match. This is the second one that I've shot. I RO'd, okay. I RO'd in 2022. Okay. Uh, and then because uh, I didn't have a baseline for distance right. shooting at distance all. Distance shooting. So I just RO'd and uh, learned what I could from people. And uh, here I am uh, placing fairly decent in the, the, in the last one, and then I imagine I'll place fairly decent in this one. Okay. Are you having fun doing this? Oh, absolutely. Like, what do you consider, like, the biggest – um, like besides like the speed and the target distance and size and stuff like that, what were you able to take from that multi-gun USPSA arena and apply it to this skill set and this sport? Like what was easily tran transferable? Um, probably the easiest one is just be smooth. Okay. Uh, be cognizant of time because in, in multi-gun you're really worried about going fast. If you go too fast, now you're not making good shots. 
So okay. as I as I watch a lot of PRS guys come through here, uh, they don't really worry about time. So I'm worried about time, but I'm worried about building my position. And I think that's really translated good into okay. NRL from multi-gun. Okay. Um, do you have any type of, like you said, you're newish to long range, so you haven't done any PRS stuff or uh, anything like that. Um, where you go, USPSA is go as fast as you can and get your hits to now you got four minutes to find range, build your position and engage all of your targets. You, you're saying smooth, smooth is, is the game. What, besides being smooth and like getting your hits, what from that realm have you been able to, you think the biggest difference per se would be coming into this game? Like besides like the time or whatever, but like, are you are you worried about building the um, in the two gun or the the DMR matches? Are you worried about building the best position possible, or are you trying to just like get get down there, get that sight picture, put it on there, and then break the round? And if it impacts, it impacts. I can go to the next one, or I'm just going to follow up with two more shots. Or so it's it's a completely different position in USPSA and multi gun, but you still have to build your foundation. Okay. If you're just trying to go fast and crack shots off. Uh, like I was in the beginning, I actually I did some training uh, uh, with Steve Anderson, and he was like, you are wildly fast, not unsafe, but just almost out of control. Yeah, He's like, like on that ragged edge, right? Yeah, you're just, you're just burning and ripping. So, you know, now I'm trying to focus when I shoot that on building the position, making sure you're stable, making sure you're, you have a good base, and – that helps you make better hits, get your hit factor up. Uh, it's a different position, but it translates right over into this. Okay. So here at – we're at Bayou Ballistics. We're in um, – I think it's the Pioneer range. I don't know. There might be a sign Prince. around. Prince. Prince range. Um, started with a P. Yeah. Um, goes out to about eight, 8.50. 8.50-ish, 8.40. Um what was your favorite – we've shot both days, and this won't air till after the match is over, but what was your favorite stage as – we were both ROs. We both shot at everything yesterday. What was your favorite stage? Ooh, that is tough. Probably probably stage 15 um, that, we'll, that the, everybody will shoot tomorrow, but – it's four targets. It's four different animal targets. No, that's not 15. Uh, that's not 15? 15 was the bear. 15 was, okay, 15 was. So you're thinking. You're right. So whatever stage, I think whatever it's stage 12 the, what, or something yeah, like that. Whatever stage that was, you had you had four animal targets. It's off of an elevated platform. Yep. Uh, four different animals, not necessarily in the order on the placard. So you know what you're looking for, but you don't know which one's near to far, how that order is going to translate. Exactly. And now you've got to, to find them. And, I, I mean, I think they, they range from 300 all the way to 800. Yeah. 30 yards, give or take. And, yep. Uh, that, one, that one was fun because you got to think. And I like, I, like, I like matches where you have to think and apply uh, reasoning and, and thought process, too. So. Yeah. That was, a, that was 
probably one of my tops. I didn't clean it, but that was still one of my yeah. favorite stages. I, I didn't clean it either. And uh, I, I, when I was tra transitioning, because I was struggling finding that last target, when I was transitioning to the gun, I asked what time I had, and Robert said 20 seconds. So I got <laughs> I got four shots off in 20 seconds, and uh, got I got five points. So that's not bad at all. I Robert said I loaded the mag with under a minute to go, and I ended up getting a seven on it. I had to make one follow-up shot. Um, and I was just super happy with that because I meant my ranges were good and <laughs> my fundamentals were sound to be able to make solid hits. So that was super awesome. What's the stage you wish you could get back? Oh, I wish that I could shoot, I think it's stage 11 where we're in the uh, ground blind because I zeroed, yep. I zeroed on that stage. I did not time manage well and uh, – by the time I started getting a position, I didn't have – I really needed to set up the tripod, but we're in the ground blind, and I did not have time to fool with it. Yeah. So I'm like – I think no. I got some pictures of you doing that. Oh, it's, it's a hot mess. It's 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 a hot mess. Um, I I wouldn't – if I could do a re – if I could get one back, it would probably be stage one because that was the first stage of the first NRL Hunter match I've ever shot, and I didn't – quite understand everything like when we it was it was four circle targets ranging from 400 to like 820 um not necessarily in distance order near to far they were left to right so it didn't matter if one was farther or not but i only found the first one because i didn't pan far enough right so knowing what i know now i'd like to go back and shoot that one again because i got i think i got like a five on the, the ground blind um if i was to shoot i did shoot off my tripod on that one but if i was to do that one again i would take that ball head off because that raised me up another four or five inches with my bag and my scope was hitting the mesh and i couldn't see mm. through the mesh yeah so that's that's what got me on that one um but yeah those are two those are those are two tough stages yeah um i would i wouldn't mind uh I think it was stage three. I uh, did not game plan that at all. Okay. And, uh, you know, you've got the placard. It tells you, you know, left, right, near, far, you know, what, what order it's going to be in. Yep. I just assumed left, right, and shot everything out of order, and I only got two points on that one. That one. Stage three was the Gophers, right? Yeah, that was the yeah. Gophers. So gophers off the back of a ATV Ranger thing. Yeah. With almost six give me points. Uh, one was really tough to find, but uh, yeah, I'm not used to gr uh, gophers being six feet off the ground. Yeah, but he was on a hill, so it kind of makes sense. It, it did, it did. Um, but like overall, like, what are your thoughts of the, of the match that we shot? Like, because obviously this is day one. We're at the end of day one. We still got competitors shooting. What did you think of the whole layout, the 15 stages that we ended up shooting? What did what What were your thoughts? I think overall that this match was a great match. I mean, when you when you hear the size of the range and that there's going to be 15 stages on this on this range, you you really don't expect much. Right. Uh, but Robert Brandley did a phenomenal job of target placement, stage design. So range utilization. Range utilization. Yes. Because there was three stages that were farther ahead but they had a 20-foot berm over there 
where you could still utilize the range without having to shoot from under the cover around concrete benches like it is a it was very safe it's a square range field match yeah i mean i think this range maybe is 250 yards wide maybe three yeah easy and and he really made it just utilizing berms and the woods and everything else to to hide targets and and not have multiple stages visible from each stage. I mean, he did a really good job. Yeah, there was that. a lot. There was a lot of stuff that you couldn't see from other stages, which was awesome. Yeah. Because that means that while you're glassing, granted you're on the clock and you wouldn't want to, but you can't be like, oh man, there's a target for the next stage. Yeah. Like you couldn't see. So I ROed stage one and stage seven. You couldn't see the seven targets from one and if you could it wouldn't make any sense anyways yeah like you're like oh crap that's not my target but you couldn't see what stage those correlated with which was awesome yeah sweet so what score did you end up getting did you look at your scores card and add it up at all yep so right now i'm sitting at 82 which is i was hoping to to not go under 100 but uh those uh two stages where i got two and a zero really really hurt me pretty bad and then after we break for after we came back from lunch, I just I think I averaged five. Okay. Every, each stage, and uh, I you know some of them were stupid misses. After lunch, I turned it on. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could have found that energy. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I was hoping for a hundred, but I got eighty-two. Uh, it's about sixty-eight percent. Okay. So, uh, I'm I'm sitting right at about fifty percent. Okay. So like. Being my first match, this is your second match that you've shot. Like, being my first match, I went 30 before lunch, and I went 31 after lunch, and we shot nine and six stages. So, like, yeah. way you better in the definitely afternoon. Definitely turned it on. Yeah. Um, what else you want to put out there? Like, what what else are you doing? You 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 shoot USPSA and things like that, but what what do you what's your what's your side hustle? So right now I'm running matches at Silver Creek Range in Mobile. Uh, we do uh, we have two gun matches and then we have DMR matches. Uh, we were hoping to partner with Quantified Performance for a number of reasons. We weren't able to do that this year. Okay. Uh, hopefully next year. But uh, you know I got those two things going on. Uh, I also work with Range Project Group International (RPGI) and uh, part of that team, and we will be going to Trinidad and Tobago for. An IPSC uh, world shoot. Um, I don't think it's sanctioned by IPSC yet, but last year we had six different countries. I think they're talking at least nine this year. That's awesome. Uh, maybe more. Yeah, I've had Brendan on the podcast, so he talked about going down to Trinidad, Tobago. Like, he loves it down there. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Uh, I'll tell you, man. I did not think that shooting would ever give me the opportunities that it has to. To work with people, to work with companies, yep. organizations, to get to shoot internationally. I mean, yeah. Uh, I remember last year I was uh, when we were in Trinidad. Uh, I I had bombed a stage. It was hot. I was tired. And guy from Barbados was like, Travis, man, what's wrong? I was like, I was like, man, I just bombed that stage. He's like, look, man, you you already won. You're one of four Americans in Trinidad right now shooting a competition. I'm like, you're not wrong. <laughs> Be like, you know what? When you put it like that, yep, this is doing pretty good. Yeah, doing pretty good. So, uh, but so where can people find information about your rank, your 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 matches that you put on? All right, so we have uh, Silver Creek 
Range on Instagram. Okay. Silver Creek Range matches on Facebook. Uh, and then Silver Creek Shooters on Practice Score. Yep. Uh, all the matches for the year are, are on Practice Score. Um, if you go to the Silver Creek Range website, we do have our schedule announced uh, with the matches. Uh, there should be a Practice Score link on there. Okay. I'll have to check on that when I get back, though. But, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, that's, but Facebook and Instagram are the biggest places to find out about our matches. Um, okay. So. What um, somebody somebody gets a wild hair and they want to come up to a DMR match, right? You've got a couple different divisions for DMR, right? Yep. Because DMR is probably going to be closest to my audience, right? Um, so they probably got an AR. They probably got a decent optic on it, right? Um, variable uh, LVPO, whatever. What do they need to do to show up to a match and, well, they're going to have a good time, but, like, be mildly successful? Like, what what would a new shooter showing up to that range, what would they need to show up with to have a successful day? So let's talk about two things first, I guess. First being equipment. Realistically, the only thing you need is an AR okay. with a scope that's zero. And you can zero – everybody – in a rifle game, what I've learned in the short period of doing this is day of the match, day before the match, you zero that gun. You just even, even if it's one shot, go check your zero. Okay. All right. So you show up with a rifle and really good ammunition. You know, DMR, 223 is fine. It's not the best, but it works fine for most stuff. It, usually DMR matches are limited to a maximum of uh, 800 yards, give or take. Um, I think uh, we ran at some of the QP, some 850s. Give it, okay. Um, 77 grains, a little tough to see out at that distance. And a lot of people see that distance and they get, you know, oh, I can't shoot that. Usually it's only one or two targets. The average target engagement is going to be between probably two and six, three and six. Okay. So, and they're generous size targets. At least, I think, we have a minimum of two MOA, but most of the time it's at least four. Okay. So um, it's all about quantified performance. Their their motto is shoot shoot fast, shoot far. Okay. Um, but so you have the gun. Um, you have other things you could use, bipods, bags. Um, but So pretty much everything that somebody that's in the precision world already has. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But if you, even if you got a new shooter, all you need to, all you need is a gun. Um, twenty round, thirty round. Twenty mag. round mags are typically good. Um, they get you like if you run in a bipod, they don't necessarily hit the ground. Yeah, you know, thirties work, but sometimes thirties get in the way. Right now, I've been playing with uh, twenty rounders with uh, five round Terran tactical base plates. They're, okay. They give you a little bit extra, but it's not quite. Long it's enough long enough to get in the way. Yeah. So my 47s would probably be a little much. Your 47s would probably be a little much, yeah. <laughs> um, even okay. Though, even though you might feel like you need 47. Yeah, you just do a bunch of reloads. It'll be fine. That's right. Um, what's the average ra- round count that somebody would need to show up with? Um, so I always tell people to show up with double what the match states. Okay. Um, my matches generally average six stages, 65 70 rounds, depending, okay. depending on the match. Um, and then, uh, which yeah, I just thought about, you know, we were talking about my, my DMR match, but 
I also have a bolt gun division. Okay. So uh, we had a lot of people request PRS. I don't have time to run PRS. Nobody else has stepped up. So I'm like, hey, we'll add a bolt gun division. Yeah, you're not going to be overall winner, but I don't care about overall winner. That's yeah. why we have divisions. Yeah. So we have, you know, bolt gun division. And, you know, Scott Peterson came out the first time we did bolt gun division, and I think he placed third overall with a bolt gun. It's Scott freaking Peterson. I know it's Scott Peterson, <laughs> man, but dude smoked it with that thing. You know, so you could be relatively competitive, competitive overall, but, I mean, you have the option. You know, PRS guy wants to come out and have fun because there's not PRS I've, going I on. I really want to come out there with my two two three bolt gun and just do it because why not? Yeah. yeah I mean, why not? It's, it's just finding, finding a weekend where I'm not doing RON, shooting a match, shooting a one-day match <laughs> or trying to like spend time with a family so i don't get a divorce yeah yeah okay cool uh any last uh one-liners you want to throw out there how can people uh find you specifically on on the instagrams if they've got questions or anything else like that so if you're on the instagram you can either hit me up at silver creek uh range or you can find me on instagram at travis dice uh, pretty simple. How do you spell your last name? D Y E S S. See, there you go. Because I would have never, excuse me, never figured that out. Yeah. So that's the easiest way to reach out. I run both accounts, so uh, I'll uh, pre- usually pretty responsive. Uh, but you know, one-liners on the way out. Get out and shoot. Invite people to shoot. Just convince new shooters. It's like, hey man, you're not going to be great. That's okay. Yeah. Come learn something new. Come have fun. Because these are the, some of the nicest guys, the most helpful people you will ever meet. Yeah, I I can't even count how many first-time shooters we have here this weekend. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even know. I, I, I think I there's 50-some-odd shooters, and I think there's more first – there's probably more first-time shooters here than you have, like, three, four, five, six-match guys yes. here yeah. for sure. I mean, some of them have three and four matches under their belt, but, like, real season guys, I, I, I think the newbies take it. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. We'll let you go get some of this delicious fish they just fried up, and we will uh, we'll definitely see you later tonight and tomorrow and hopefully at your range. Yes, sir. Appreciate having me on and uh, look forward to some more. Awesome. Later, buddy. Later. All right. We grabbed another another shooter here. And your name, sir? Caleb McCready. Caleb McCready. All right, we're going to start off with the lightning round. Mm-hmm. Out of any shooting discipline, who do you want to train with? Like just a person who I want to train with? Yes. I think the most fun would probably be Jerry Mitchell, a, fe- <laughs> a fellow Louisianian. <laughs> fellow Louisianian. All right. I mean, that's not – how far away does he live from where we're at now? Uh, a little over two and a half. He's about two for me. Okay, that's not bad. Uh, what is your go-to range snack? Range snack. Uh, well, when I shoot at Altus, it's usually the Bucky's Beaver Nuggets. Ooh. I got to pass right by Bucky's on the way. I did stop at Bucky's, and I did get a pulled pork and a chopped brisket sandwich it's, on the way here. It's always the the Bucky's Beaver Nuggets, and then I'll get the um the Chipotle Club sandwich. Okay, I, that sounds really good. I it's, might grab that on the back. Hunting or fishing? Hunting. Okay, what do you what do you primarily hunt? <clears throat> uh, deer and duck. Okay. Hobbies other than shooting. Other than shooting, well, obviously the hunting part. Um, honestly, I cook a lot. 
uh, was cooking the Marine Corps four years. Okay. And I kind of transferred that to doing it, and now I have to cook all the holiday meals for my family. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sucks. See, I didn't know you were in the Marine Corps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, with that, what's your favorite color crayon? Uh, I have to read the colors because I'm colorblind. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so the gray one? The gray <laughs> Inside Joe gets all of them. <laughs> it's all the same. Match gear prep. Match. What do you do for your match gear, whether it be, you know, your NRL hunter rig or your rimfire or whatever, whatever gun you're going to a match with or the gear that you're bringing to a match? What do you do to prep that stuff? Uh, you, what is your process? So I will do the process for this one. So obviously I will figure out the gun and then what I can put on it so I don't go over the weight. Like the one I was using did not have an arc rail. So okay. I would have I would put a bipod on there on the sling sling stud. Okay. Um, so I couldn't – I didn't really have as much of a choice. And obviously I whatever backpack is most comfortable because I'm okay. you're only wearing the backpack for 30 seconds maybe at a time. So right. I don't, especially at this range, if it was like going to a bigger match, obviously, I'd, I'd probably pick a different backpack okay. for hiking or whatnot. But yeah, this um, range is kind of condensed. Um, yeah. I mean, it is a square range mm-hmm. in the southeast, so, um, but we've made really good utilization out of the Oh, out yeah, the, he, out of the Robert's range. been very efficient with this and done an excellent job, but with this match being my first NRL Hunter match, I wanted to be as quick as possible to the gun, so mm-hmm. I would have whatever the quickest access, so like something I could pull my bag off real quick, I could pull my tripod off my bag real quick, um, this, that, and the other. Um, that that was my thinking. I want to get okay. behind the gun as quick as possible. Okay. Um, what other gear prep did you do? <clears throat> uh, I guess you would say dope and stuff like that. But okay. uh, with me, um, I was giving – I ordered a certain type of ammo, and the person I ordered from gave me the incorrect ammo. So I had to <laughs> use a gun that – and I – graciously was allowed to borrow someone else's gun so i never even really got shot shoot the gun um that much but what i always do when i borrow someone else's gun i'll be like hey can i just mess with the scope a little bit and it's like yeah so i will remount it myself because most of the time people don't know how to do it yeah that's so, true so i will make sure the scope's mounted nine percent of the time and just make sure everything's good to go this set and the other okay um what ammo did you order and what ammo did you receive? Uh, I was trying to shoot 6.5 Creedmoor. I had a Bergara B14 HMR. Okay. And um, and then I received 6.5 PRC, <sighs> uh, which I'm not upset about because the PRC obviously going to be a better power factor and yeah. a faster bullet, but it was from a gun where I had a magazine mm-hmm. to a BDL gun. So I, was sing- I literally single-loaded every single shot this match. Oh, man. It was pretty rough. Uh. Yeah, I saw, like, you had your little dangler pouch, and you had, like, all your rounds kind of in that, yeah. and then you kind of just went to having them in your hand. Yeah, to... it went from the first stage, I loaded the magazine on the clock, and I was like, this is taking way too long, because mm-hmm. it's only eight shots max, so what I would do is I would have it in my pocket, because I I didn't read the rules, I will, I will take... I will take this. I did not read the rules, but I was assuming that I could load the internal magazine with the bolt back and then go. And then go, So yeah. I wasn't worried about having a pouch or this, that, and the other. I was like, oh, I'll be fine, this, that, and the other. And that's not in the rules. Not, so, not the case. So I did come unprepared for that. Okay. But, um, yeah, most of the time I just had them in my pocket, and I just grabbed them all whenever I got to the round. So if it was, like, prone, I would just 
lay him down. Lay him down right next to me and just single feed him like I'm shooting from a – Yeah. Like I was shooting dope or something. Okay. Uh, any match superstitions that you have? Uh, Like do you have to do something or do you have to – Do I have to do something? Honestly, no I mean, lucky pair of socks, or if, you have to have this on you when you go shoot. Or usually, I try to wear a weird shirt because okay. I'm not. This isn't me trying to like. Oh, I want to look different, like. But I don't know. As you can tell, I'm the only person here that's not really wearing a hunting shirt or yeah, uh, anything that's or tactical sort of, yeah, pants tactical or a shooting or a shirt. I'm wearing almost Hawaiian shirt, and everybody yeah. else is probably looking at me like, "What is this guy doing? <laughs> this guy's calling impacts for me." <laughs> Um, how do you stay mentally focused throughout the day? So, like, we both RO'd it. So, we mm-hmm. shot the entire course of fire on Friday. Mm-hmm. How did you stay mentally focused throughout that entire event? Especially when we had a hour and a half, two-hour break in the middle of the day to mm-hmm. set up targets for day two. I was, in the entire time I was going, this is a learning experience. This is my first time shooting this. And this is actually going to help me in the real world because these are very similar to some shots that I take hunting. Okay. Like, so I was like, I'm learning. Also, another thing is I'm not at work. So that was, you know, uh, what they what, what usually say is a bad day of fishing is a good day of being, a, or better than a good day at work. Um, so I kind of just take it as it is. But okay. a learning experience is what I like to see with a lot of stuff. Okay. Last question. Okay. Who's the person that got you into long range shooting? Okay, so I will I will I will name two people here. Uh, one of them that got me into really long range shooting would be my buddy Hunter Howard. Okay. Um, and obviously we're not gonna know who Hunter Howard is. He's not a professional shooter or anything. But I went to gunsmithing school with him. Me okay. And him were in the same class. Uh, I was the best man at his wedding, and he was the gunsmith who chambered a bunch of David Tubbs barrels. Okay. For a a several year period. I don't know if you knew David Tubb is. Yep. Yep, big ELR. He's the one who really got me into it. Now, the one who got me into shooting matches would be Caleb Parrott. Okay. I shot my first ever match in general ever last August. It was a PRS match here at Prince. Okay. And that was my – he was he kept asking me, man, you got to come shoot a match, come shoot a match, come shoot a match. And I was like, all right, I'll come shoot a match. I was like, me and you have known each other for, since we were two feet tall. Like, yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll come shoot a match. So, And then I was hooked immediately. Even though I sucked it up, I, I yeah. was hooked immediately. It was so fun. Okay. So, um, last, last question. What pays the bills? What pays the bills? Yeah. Uh, gunsmithing, I would say. Okay. Uh, and also, uh, you know, that government check from the VA every month. <laughs> that, uh, that's not that's that not government, bad. That yeah, government that, cheese. That, that, that government cheese. Thank um, you for all your tax dollars. <laughs> okay. So, uh, gunsmithing. Do you work at a shop? Do you do it on your own? Uh, I... Formerly worked at Servos Custom Firearms. I just okay. left there a few weeks ago. Um, I did have my own shop, but I will be reopening my own shop very soon. Yeah, because you came back this direction, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I was down there um, in Daphne, Alabama. Down there, I was shooting with y'all at Altus and yep. this, that, and the other. And I'm back here in northeast Louisiana, which is not far from where we're at right now. Okay, okay. Yeah, because I remember, because you used to do a bunch of the lever guns, right? No, that was Joel. That was Joel? Yeah, I, okay. I was Cerakote. Okay. Yeah. Cerakote and whatever else, but yeah, Cerakote certified. But I, I could do. I wouldn't say I could do everything, but you know, chambering, like all the machine work. Not all the machine work. There's better people than me, but you know, machine work, standard stock work. You know, okay. guns and stuff. But I was hired for Cerakote. Okay. Now, so. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, I thought he only had two people down there, not three. Not three people. Okay. Um, so, with the match this weekend, you said it was very similar to so some of the stages were very similar to hunting um, scenarios that you found yourself in, or mm-hmm. very much you could find yourself in. Um, what would you say was the most? Seeing that we've shot all fifteen stages, and this is going to be aired after the match is yep. over. What do you think was the most practical to a realistic hunting scenario that you had? So probably I will say there's one stage here that was almost identical to a situation I had this past season. Um, so I hunt in the Panhandle of Texas. My buddy Hunter Howard that I was mentioning okay. earlier, I, he graciously allows me to hunt up there. And uh, I actually shot a deer off of a hay ring. Um, <laughs> the and, hay bailer. Yeah, that, and not much further than what we were shooting off then. So it was a very familiar position that right. I had been shot in. Um, now, obviously, I didn't have all the gear I did. It was basically just me right. rifle, and I think I had a bag with me. But, um, yeah, I shot a doe off a hay ring. Nice. Um, so it's, and then I would say the other one was um, uh, when we were prone. I can't remember if it was stage one or – Stage seven might have been stage seven, but um, I shot a doe and a buck at essentially almost an identical hill. Okay. That now I was a little more higher elevation, right. but it was a very kind of on the grassy knoll. Yeah, shoot. on a shot, shooting down a little bit, this, that, and the other. You know, okay. very, very similar shot. Okay. So a couple of these of you know kind of familiar. Okay. So what was your favorite stage? of of the match not the one you did the best on but like the one that you were like yeah i freaking rocked that that was super fun i want to shoot it again just because it was fun uh, what what stage man, was that for you i think uh probably this i'm gonna have to try to keep it a little quiet because someone had on the shot the stage but probably the tower stage where okay it was four yeah, different yeah, yeah. targets of four different distances but uh I shot it, and I was. it took me forever to find the fourth target, and I lost a lot of time for that. And I was sitting there single-loading first-round impact, single-load mm-hmm. first-round. I was just cruising and this, that, and the other, and that was, that, that was a really fun stage. Either that or um, the circle stage, which was a very similar stage, but it was circles instead of animals. Okay. So probably the, those the, two. Those were stage, stage one? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that was a very difficult stage for people today. It was v- they either weren't finding the targets or they could not connect oh, with the, that. The one I was on stage three today, it was the four groundhogs, and you can find the first three like without even looking yeah, at the optic. Yeah, naked eye. And then the fourth one was hidden in like grass that was as tall of it, and everybody, I almost had to tell every single person, I was like, yeah, it was right here, it was right here, this, that, yep. and the other. And it was just, it was very interesting to like watch. Like some people will find it almost instantly, and some people will find a black spot on a different burn and shoot at it. Like it's, yeah. it's a very mm-hmm. interesting, you're learning a lot just watch people shoot. Yeah, so. I had like that's that's really why I wanted to come and RO it mm-hmm. is just to watch other people, other people's processes. Yeah, I mean that's why I, I ROed PRS for so long mm-hmm. is because like I want to do this, but I also want to learn to do it. So like if we get more, you know, NRL hunter matches in the southeast, I definitely want to go to more of them. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I definitely. C- I'm they're already, just super fun. I'm like, already. I'm already planning on. I want to shoot teams. That would be fun, dude. That's that. Some of the teams today, um, the the communication is unreal. The commu- like the and the lack of communication is unreal. Yeah, it's like it's, already knowing what your partner is going to need before they need it, mm-hmm. and already setting it up. Like I shot 
uh, stage. I was RO on seven, two cattle gates, you know, within arm's reach mm -hmm. of the, the spray painted dot from ground to infinity mm -hmm. up, right? You just had to be within an arm's reach of that. Um, one dude like drop down seat to look if you could get prone. You can't get prone and shoot that first target. Yep. So he's partner. He spotted all of the shots, moved his, or found the two targets. His partner had moved into position, loaded, got his tripod. The spotter ran around to the second position and put a bag and another tripod there. So all they had to do was pull the gun out, go over, put it. Th they never said that. Yeah. Um, that was amazing to watch. I think I think one of my favorite parts was, like I said, I was on the stage three with the four groundhogs, and the fourth groundhog was very hard to find, and the first shooter. He shot the first three, first three round impacts, like great shooter. He was like, "We're gonna skip this. We're gonna skip the fourth one, and go to the next shooter." First three, boom, banged them all three of them. First round impacts, and they started looking for the last one for the second shooter to shoot. And the other, the second shooter's behind the gun, and the spotter found it and just, I, I guess he just estimated the distance and said, "Hey, hold this, that, and the other." One, one, one shot round it. nailed like, it. That's just like That's confidence. Awesome. That's confidence in your team. Like, yeah. That's 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 the cool aspect of it. And there was there was one team that had I exactly identical rifles mm. built down from the muzzle brakes oh, to yeah. the barrel contours, the, the the caliber, the dope was exactly mm -hmm. the same, the bipods, everything exactly the same. So like when they check dope, like it's one eight, you have dope for both people. Yep. Like instead of be like, yeah, it makes sense to shoot teams like similar. Similar caliber, similar similar speed, so you're shooting the, like mm -hmm. no, their guns were exactly. Yeah, they're, they're treating it as a team and not two individuals. Yeah, exactly. Some people, it seems like they're kind of treating it. They're they're a little bit of communicating. You know, I'm sure some of them are learning it, but some of them are like it's two individuals shooting and not one team. Exactly. Um, and there's five teams total, and mm -hmm. you can see which ones are. are, are oh yeah, absolutely. It out, which is awesome. Um, what is the stage you wish you could get back this weekend? Probably the diamond stage. Um, okay. The only I I shot a seven out of eight of it, but I wish I could get it back just because I just wanted to clean one stage. That was the only reason okay. I fumbled my ammo and tried to get a quick shot off on one of them. And I wish I just had a little more time. That was okay. that's the only reason. But other than that, not really. I mean, I'm happy with all of them. So. Yeah. I don't think anything was too like outlandish no i i think i think robert i was talking to robert before because i was talking about all rowing and he said that target's going to be generous um this that and the other and he he just said it's going to be really positional and on a i would say the targets are pretty generous on the difficulty sales um scale on a one to ten one being the easiest i would say the target size is probably right in the middle mm -hmm. they're pretty generous they're not yeah um, they're not horrible i mean it's only 850 yard range so you can't yeah you can't shoot super far anyway but I would say positional wise and finding the targets, I would say is closer to like a eight, eight ish, seven and a half, yeah. eight. Like so I would like I was kind of thinking of it this way, like of all of all of the the stages, like there's a good mix of positional and prone. Mm -hmm. But in the rules it states, like in the stage description it's you have to be within an arm's distance of yep. the shooting position. Yeah, you There's gotta, numerous mm -hmm. stages where you don't have to shoot off the prop. 
Yeah, there's you well, can it's like, shoot. Pro, there, I'm thinking of like it's just like the the cattle gate one. Yeah, where it's you look at the cattle gate and it just says two positions. So you're like, oh, I just I just find two spots that are right above the dot. Like, no, if you can touch that dot, you can lay prone and shoot it. Yep. So I mean, it's 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 kind of a mind game at that point. Yeah. You look at the prop and you're like, oh, I got to shoot off that. So like that. Doesn't say you have so to. So like the hay baler, or I learned this on the cattle gate. So after I shot the cattle gate, the RO was like, hey, go back down and lay down there. Or go back and take a prone position. I was mm-hmm. like, okay. And he's like, put your hand out. I was like, okay. He's like, can you touch the dot? I was like, yeah, it's right here. He's like, so why didn't you shoot it prone? And I was like, crap. Well, that was like the two RO, the two the team that was shooting with us yesterday, the ROs, they didn't know you could ask questions. Yep. They, they didn't they ask had sing- no 15 it. stages, didn't ask a single question. Yep. And um, so whenever I was ROing over there, one of them was ROing with me, um, and they were asking me questions. You can obviously do yes or no questions, and they'd be, they'd be like, oh, like, is this stage so-and-so? And I would say yes. And I got a little weird look at, like, you can, ha- you can ask questions. You can like, ask questions? I was like, you could have asked questions all day yesterday. Yeah. Like, and, like, I didn't really realize that until we were, you know, like after lunch. So mm-hmm. basically after the first nine stages, like, I didn't realize you could ask questions. Mm-hmm. I was like, dang it. That would have been awesome information. Yep. Or, like, um, like going back to, like, the going prone thing, like, after we shot the cattle gate and we went back and we shot the other – the other, st- or the yeah, we shot the cattle gate. We went and shot the other stages out in the field. And then we came back and we shot 7, 8, and 9. Well, whatever the hay baler was, like, I just laid prone and, like, extended my bipods and mm-hmm. shot that, that rabbit. I shot it prone and then I shot it – cattle guard cattle guard and then it went back to prone i i just shot off the top of the or i just shot off the rungs the entire time because like i said that was one that was almost just like the one i've yeah. shot before and i was like oh, i'm gonna try to shoot how it did and see yeah. if i can repeat it um i did pretty decent on it yeah like i was like i was like man so like i didn't do great at this match like but it's the first time I've shot it. If I mm-hmm. shoot another one of these, I imagine I'll be better than I oh, shot. Oh, I'm going to be far more prepared now that I know. Uh, the, I know, obviously, they're all going to be different. I know what I'm d- packing and what I'm not packing. Oh, 100%. Yes, 100%. Like, I had way too much ammo. Um, I had One, I had too much ammo. Mm-hmm. I had a sand-filled bag instead of a bead-filled bag. Like, I was carrying both. I was like, yeah. oh, I might need two bags. No. Yeah. One back. You're not going to have time to use two usually. Nope. And it's just extra weight. It's an mm-hmm. extra 14 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like, take that out of your bag. Take the extra ammo out of your bag. I want to change my answer on which stage I want to take back. Okay. Uh, it's the, I think it was the circle stage where I first round impact the first three. I think it was right at 500 for the first two. And it was like 750 on the third one right at the back burn. Yep. And then the last one, I was like, I'm about to smoke this thing. Just absolutely <laughs> smoke it. And I, and I laze it. And it says, I think. No, I think the the third one was seven hundred, and it, I, eight sh- eight twenty. Sh- yeah, I shot the range, and it said seven fifty, and I'm like, oh, okay, that looks about right. I sent it, reengage, sent it again, reengage, and then I shot it, and Robert was like, do me a favor. He's like, he's like, shoot to about ten ten feet to the right of it, like get you a distance to about ten feet to the right of it, and I was like, okay. And it said 820, and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Yep. And then he was like, he's like, send another one for fun. He's like, dial it another front, and then center punched it. Yep. I was like, are you kidding me? So I, I RO'd stage one, the circles today. Not a single person cleaned it. Really? Nobody cleaned it. I think the highest score I got was a six because nobody impacted that that target. I would say there's 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 a couple gimme stages on this. Yeah. But I mean, to keep it fair, I mean, we got new shooters. Like, there's, yeah. a, there's a lady that had never shot a 
like a long range precision rifle match ever. Really? And, and she, she's, and she's, she's out. Hunter for the first one. Yep. Golly. Yeah, it's the it's the lady that's got the. It looks like a tripod, but it's, it looks like it's got a circle seat on top. I think with yep, the purple shirt. Yep. On, yep mm-hmm. she, so I was talking with um, my co-RO for seven. She was shooting a military historic rifle match at like 100 and 200 open sight, and she tied for second. Really? Yeah. And I mean, then she came out here, and this is completely foreign to oh, her, yeah. brand new, never done anything like this before. And, like, she's doing good Yeah, like for, she, like, her first match oh, like, uh, on a precision rifle. She's running on an RPR, probably 6.5 Creedmoor RPR. Yeah. Like, she's lazing targets. Like She shot pretty good when I saw her. I, yeah. I assumed she had shot before. Nope. Hmm. This is her first match. This is her first, like, precision shooting match yeah. like that. It's awesome to see people out there like that. Um, growing the sport. Yep, growing the sport. So one thing that I noticed a lot of people doing, and I don't know if you did this or you have saw this a lot too, people pull because you got to laser your targets. Yep. So stage one, we're right on top of that knoll. The spotting sco- spotting s- sticks are a little bit on the low side of the yep. berm. Right? I know where you're going with this. People are taking their tripods and extending them to max height. Yep. Instead of just like pulling it out, throwing it down, and just getting a general idea of the picture, because you're already mm-hmm. going to be two feet above mm-hmm. the di- the height of what you're shooting, right? There is a possibility something could be down in the weeds. Yeah, we know that after shooting yesterday. But like when we transitioned over to the hogs, mm-hmm. the spotting stick is directly next to another prop, and that prop is a three-foot diameter log. Yeah. Like, throw your bag on the log mm-hmm. and just spot right there. Well, that was like uh, – they're, they're taking these tripods and extending them five, six feet. It's just taking forever well, to pull them out. I didn't realize till about probably stage five or six that you didn't have to spot at the spotting flag. Yeah. You can spot wherever you want. I but it's I, it's advantageous no, it, at a yeah, point it to it do t- it because it shows your angle of attack and where yep. the where the targets are going to be. So I can definitely see the advantage. But I didn't I didn't I didn't know you. I thought you had to do that. Yeah. I didn't I, I didn't read the rules. Like I said, like there's dudes like ranging off the cattle gate. Or like if I can see it from the cattle gate. Well then yeah I, I can it, I, I where got, the shooting position yeah. I can see I, I have to be able to see. Yeah, it. I got to the point where I was like all right here's my angle of attack. I've shot this range a pretty good bit, so I I okay. kind of know where I can see from where this set and the other. And I was like, okay, here's my angle of attack. So I'm looking between that bush and this tree. So then I would eventually just go to the prop and then put about where I was going to shoot at and then look from there. So I could, instead of already kind of be in the position, I I could be five feet away and my angle changes completely. Yeah. Uh, Like the stage tomorrow that's going to happen in the ground blind. Yeah. That's going to mess a lot of people up. I think that is, I think it's the worst stage. I think it's a separator. Yeah. I think that's, uh, these I guys, think that's going to be the biggest mental stage of the match, in my opinion. I I think. I foresee people that have a t- taller tripod that you would not bring in to the field to hunt with mm-hmm. are not going to have a good time. And I I was talking to Travis earlier, and he said those things usually get turned into Swiss cheese. Yep. So yep. I, I expect, and that's a that's a brand new garam blind. Yep, I expect there to be a lot of holes in that. So bad boy. I was I was thinking about this uh, 
after what happened to me yesterday. And basically, I kept my ball. I've shot out of a blind before, mm-hmm. like in a in a twenty two X match, mm-hmm. um, and there was no mesh in the way. Yeah. But I looked through my scope and then looked through that mesh. No. You have to get low. You got to get low on a thing. You got to get super low. So I was like, if I would have taken my ball head out and just done my bag, I probably would have been fine. I think another thing. Because that would have taken like six inches out of it. I think another stage like that that is actually another mind game, not really a, kind of a mind game, is so you get the blind stages. You don't know what's in. You don't know what's in that You don't know blind. what's in it. Yeah. So you're like, so me being a hunter and we hunt around ground blinds here, usually there's going to be a chair in there. Yep. And I was thinking, I was like, I doubt they have a tripod in here. I doubt. I was like, they might have mm-hmm. a chair in there if they got a chair in there. Awesome, but I was like, I doubt they have a tripod in here. Yeah. Um. So I just brought the tripod with me. That's yeah. So just you know, as in case. And I also learned that about is like, mm, I'm gonna bring something in case I need it because if I yeah. don't need it, I can just drop it on the ground. Yeah. So, so like I I set my because I filmed every stage yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I was running with my trigger uh, my trigger came on. And my cell phone on, I'd run over and try and drop my camera. Yeah, I saw that. And then, you were a brave man. <laughs> and then when I dropped my camera, I brought, I put my rifle down and I peeked in, and there wasn't anything in there. I was like, okay, I know I need to bring, mm-hmm. I know I need to bring my uh, my my tripod. Yep. So like, I found my targets, boom, boom, lazed them, and then went in there. And when I'm position one wasn't a problem, position two is when that screen went low and I couldn't see through it. And I saw tar- the the walking coyote. Mm-hmm. I saw it, but it was, like, blurred out. So I only saw kind of a reddish, yeah. brown, this color target yeah. outline. And I was like, I could hear my little countdown clock going, like, five, four, three. And I was like, Hail Mary, fucking full of grace. I, I, I feel like. He's like, you were just in front of it. I was like, I, I wasn't stable. Yeah. You'll see it in the video. I, I feel like another one of those on that stage where the spotting kind of throws you off from the shooting position because it's probably a good 10 feet apart. Oh, easy. So your angle changes yeah. drastically. And um, and those two was – That's that, when TRP is coming to point, yeah. like your target reference points. Yeah, like. and that, that angle of attack was also pretty big. So you're looking yeah. at probably 200 yards between each target oh, yeah, from easy. left to right. So it's like, okay, it's about right here. So you swing, shoot, and then you got to swing again. And it's just that, – that was a – that was just – I liked how they added something of that element in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so a lot of the stuff was narrow, mm-hmm. and then there was probably three or four stages that were wide, mm-hmm. like wide um, swings like that. I also the stage that I really liked, and I I want to get it back, and not because I shot it bad, because my equipment wasn't right. Mm. Is the Bobcat? Oh yes, that one. So that one was a lot of fun. So basically, you start in a at a blind spot. You can't see where your shooting positions are. Right next to the berm. Right next to the berm, and then you run up, and you've got you round this log, which is another prop for another stage. You round this berm, and then there's a, your your spotting stake, and you're looking for a single bobcat. So you got four positions to shoot from. So. You spot it, you range it, and then you run out, and then you have to be within an arm's distance of these red painted stakes, but you're right, you're on a little, like, animal you're the, path. You're on the back side of the berm, so it's at an angle, so your tripod's going to be off right. 
It, so my, my leg was loose. Yeah, that's so every, happened to me. Every time I move my that's tripod, it's like swinging everywhere. So I'm trying to get it set up and put my, my bag back my, on top. Uh, uh, it was a the, hot mess. The piece that was – I didn't have it all the way tight, and it just kept fault going straight in. in so that was tight, but my in and out, like collapsing that's, it. That's what mine was. Yeah, it was it the was, collapsing part. It just kept – going just collapsing and i was like oh i should get my tools out and tighten it and then like i was like oh it should be fine like but i didn't know what the stage was i was not fine yeah like i went to set it up and my bag was still on top of it and my bag fell and it was the last last uh position so i like i got on there and it was like metal arca rail Mm -hmm. on metal uh hub and i was like and they're like re-engage, and I racked it, and I was like, uh, cuckoos. I mean, it was a, like it was a very generous target, but the positioning on that one was pretty tough. Yes, so like you couldn't keep your tripod in a in a level position. For yeah, because you're on the backside of, of a berm, essentially like a hill. Yeah, and then the, I think the second or third shot, you were shooting right between two trees that were only oh like yeah, a, very like, obscure, like a foot apart. So you had to be in the perfect spot. and You, you got to make sure that you're yeah. set up. The first one was generous. The second one, mm. you had these trees around you. The third one, there weren't trees around you, but on the other side of the pond, there was trees where you're shooting through this, like, mm-hmm. little Y of sticks and grass. I don't even think I got to the like fourth that. position. So Yeah, it was – that was uh, – that was a doozy. That was a that was a fun stage. I just want to reshoot it because I mean it was for, fun. For for a flat range and it's only about two hundred fifty yards, two hundred yards wide. For how small of it is, Robert's done a great job of he being he has extremely efficient. Like super stage flow is very well. Uh, um, where the targets are is very well. Stage stage flow like stage layout is good. Um, I did hear some people talking about like af- after the. First, what would they fire? Six stages and then another three stages. So they did one yes, through six, and was, then yeah, you do one through six, and you come back the and same. Then where do one seven, eight, nine, seven, yeah. eight, nine. So I heard seven, eight, and nine went slower because it was three stages. So now mm-hmm. you have the same amount. Like that's well, just you had, so you had like around forty shooters. So you got forty shooters spread across six stages, and then forty and then shooters. You have forty shooters spread across three stages. So. Yeah, it's it. It was it was tough. Like, yeah. And that's just kind of the dynamic that that played out. So it it was it was interesting to yeah. see. Um, I but, still think he did a very good job at it. Oh, absolutely, hundred um, percent, super good. And I'm gonna definitely get back here and shoot a PRS match here to see how the layout of that is. I mean, it's PRS, a lot different. PRS square range, it's yeah, easier, it's a lot different. but like. He did a really good job of taking down all the other targets, too. So the mm-hmm. only targets that are out there are the targets that are out here to shoot a stage with. Yeah, but yeah there's a couple of plate racks out there, but all of them are laid down. Mm-hmm. There's none of the targets that are in the cars out at, like, four and 500 yards. There's none of that. It's all – if it's out there, it's supposed to get shot yeah. during this match, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Um, you might shoot the wrong You one. might shoot the wrong we one. We had someone shooting one of our prairie dogs at 150 yards, so. <laughs> <laughs> I heard about that already. That's yeah. funny. Um, so what else about this match do you want to get out there? What else What else did you – how did you finish? Like uh, as far as points-wise? Yeah. I think I got shot a 57 okay. out of 120, which S- I was I was shooting si- for. I was shooting sing- for. Single feeding, not terrible. I was shooting for 50. That's what I was shooting for. It's my first one ever shoot like that. I was shooting a BDL, which is pretty rough. So it was a totally new sport to me. I was shooting for 50, and I'd be happy. Yeah, okay. Um, 
I, we shot those first nine stages and I had a 30 and I was like, I got to do something different. Um, and then we shot the last six stages or whatever it is. And I got a 31. So I definitely turned it on. Absolutely. So I ended up with a 61, which I mean, I do shoot a lot. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, Oh, I should have done better. But at the same time, it's the first time I've shot. Yeah. This discipline. Yeah, I'm like I'm I'm taking this as a learning experience. You know, more of a I'm gonna get out there and see what it's about. So you like, can't be you can't be a champion best rent, bench rest shooter and then go out to a PRS match yeah, and think you're gonna crush it. It's not gonna happen. It's, it's, gonna happen. it's a different like, it's a different discipline. It's a different game set. Like, like Jeff Gordon going to F1 and competing. Yeah, it's so. I mean, he would do good. He'd probably he, do better than the average. He'd do better than the average Joe. He'd do better than the average Joe, but, but he's he, not gonna crush he'd get it. Get smoked. Yeah. So, but yeah. So it was it was interesting, and then just um, shooting a lighter rifle. Yeah, that was interesting. That's interesting. It's a lot so, harder to get stable. I mean, my my comp gun is is over twenty pounds, and mm-hmm. now I'm shooting something that's the gun itself right now weighs under sixteen pounds, mm-hmm. but I put my trigger cam on it, and it put it right back up there at sixteen pounds. Mm-hmm. Right, so like. Um, I'm right on that raggedy edge of the rules. Like, Travis weighed it. He's like, yep, it's good because it's got the trigger cam yep. on it. I know that that thing weighs, like, two pounds. You're fine. Um, so I'm I'm shooting a much lighter gun than I'm used to. It's a heavier recoiling gun than yep. I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely noticed my recoil management being way I, different. I, I would say that's where I feel like I think there should have been stage, to me, where it was an offhand stage. Because you're, you're the second person that said that your your heavier guns are going to give you an advantage, in my opinion, not on like pulling the trigger, being stable, because it's not made that much of a difference, but recoil, follow ups, recoil management, like, watching ups. watching your watching your projectile hit where it's going to hit. I yep. think that's a massive advantage. That's why dudes obviously run 25 pound guns at PRS, so they can yep. watch their tracing this that and the other. I was running a 10 pound gun that had a can on it, yeah. So it was. I mean, it wasn't a horrible recoil, but I mean, it's still a six-five PRC. It's a six-five PRC, and it's it was ten pounds exactly. Yeah. With the cannon, so it was stupid light. Yeah. But it, it was shooting great though. It was. Shooting and you fantastic. shot in uh, open light, right? Factory. Fa- oh, okay, yeah. factory. Okay. So yeah, that three hundred PRC in a ten-pound gun just seems ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It seems like what, what, if, what, why? If I'm taking one shot at a deer. Absolutely fine. Like, it's not that big of a deal. But, like, this out here, it definitely challenged. 120 rounds? Yeah. yeah. And, definitely, mul- and eight rounds challenged. in a stage mm-hmm. or four rounds in a stage. Yeah, that's that's sporty for yeah. sure. So, yeah, I, I, I've heard the offhand shot. Well, it would, Interesting. It, it would help the lighter guns. It would help, like, oh, so your heavier guns are going to have a better advantage and follow through shots or seeing your trace, this, that, and the other. But it's like, oh, let's, let's, let's give the – Let's give the lighter guns a little bit heavier because it's going to be a lot easier to shoot a ten-pound gun over a sixteen-pound gun. Oh yeah, so. for sure. Just the, just holding it up and like we—I was talking to uh, Mr. Reed and he was like, he's like, I've killed more deer offhand, hundred oh, percent, than I've killed from a rest mm-hmm. or a shooting sticks or a mm-hmm. bag or anything or you know deer stand whatever it may be. He's like, I've killed way more deer offhand. Like I've watched the NRL hunter videos and stuff like that. See, I want to. I saw dudes like so you go up to like like the cattle gate. People will have a rear support with a tripod. I have zero things against that, but me, I'm trying to learn how to be a better hunter as well. Yep. 
and I'm not going to carry a tripod with me unless I'm just looking for a deer. Glassing. But, yeah, if I'm glassing. Out west. But when I'm up there hunting in Texas, I can see 10, 20 miles on top of a certain hills. And if I see a deer, like a couple years ago, I there was a deer about 1,500 yards out, and I got within 130 yards of him and killed him. I'm not dragging a tripod yeah. 1,400 yards I'm through not, sage grass. Yeah, I'm not going to carry one of – I'm not going to carry a very large tripod. Yeah. I might carry something that collapses down that weighs maybe – a pound yeah and there's tripods out there if 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 i bring like a tripod that. that far if i bring gear like that that far it's probably gonna if i have a lot of cover that's yeah. the only reason because i was crawling through sage uh, sage yeah. brush at least a thousand yards through that it yeah. was pretty rough but like i i wanted to treat this match like actually hunting and that's how i want to treat these matches this, yeah. is, this isn't me trying to like oh better boss that nailer yeah i don't think it's how people shoot the match it's just I want to use it as a learning. It's still tool. a competition, yeah, but it's, it's centered around. At the end of the day, it's still a competition. Practicality. Yeah, but I, I, I just, I love hunting, and I want to be the best hunter I can be. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna be the best shooter, but I want to be the best hunter I can be. Yeah. So I want to be as practical as possible when I do it. So that, yeah, that, that was makes my thinking of it as well. That makes sense. Cool, man. Any last, uh, any last minute things you want to shoot out there? You're probably gonna. We're at like 40 minutes now, so you're probably gonna have your own episode. We've been talking like this that long. Yeah, we've been talking for 38 minutes and 20 seconds. I was wondering where Travis was. We're supposed to go home. You know, He's right there. Possibly drink a couple cold ones. Oh, there he is. <laughs> uh, uh, no, not really. Um, if you're listening to this, uh, go out and shoot. Um, don't be nervous. I was nervous my first ever match and. Been hooked ever since. It's a great community. There's obviously some bad apples out there. Yeah, but naturally, that's any community. If you ever you ever go to a match and it's like, oh, it's my first time shooting. Everyone's gonna drop everything. Oh, yep. oh, borrow my bag. Borrow my bag. Oh, borrow my tripod. Borrow like, my tripod. You want to use my gun? I've got extra ammo. There was like, a dude that his his gun apparently went down this morning, like a screw back and, out or yeah, something like that. And and Tommy, well, his I think his firing pin broke in half. Oh, is that or why that guy was shooting Tommy's well, gun? Yes, and well, he was on my stage when it happened. He first round impact the next one. Next one. Light primer strikes on all the other ones after that. Tommy's like, here's my gun. Take it. You have all the ammo you want. Oh, so, I didn't. So, yeah. Because I asked Robert to come over. He came over and talked to me. He's, I was like, hey, did something happen with somebody's gun? That's why they were shooting in the down? pistol bay over here. Yeah, that's what I thought. And he was like, he's like, oh, no, a screw backed out. So we fixed it and he's good to go. I, I think was, it was a different guy. Yeah. So it was two. And I was like, dude, I've got my 6.5 in the truck and I've got, mm-hmm. I, I know I've got enough ammo to cover him for the yeah. match. Oh, absolutely. Like, easy. Because mm-hmm. I, I loaded probably – I didn't know how many rounds it was because I didn't have any of the emails or anything like that. So I loaded like 148 rounds. And no, that I, was enough. I think it was the most you could shoot was 120. Yeah. And then I had a bunch of extra practice ammo or something like that that I loaded up. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I loaded this ammo for my uh, KYL match that I didn't shoot. Here, here's some of the – I'm just going to bring everything I got just oh, in yeah, case. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because like <laughs> – it's guns. Who doesn't like shooting guns? Yeah, that's that's what you love to see. Like you just love to see. Like it's like I said, it's growing the sport. You know, mm-hmm. growing the sport. You want more people to do it because the more people that do it, the bigger it gets, the more support it gets, the longer the sport lasts. Yeah. So the only downside to more people shooting is less components. Yeah. And that's just going to drive the manufacturer to make more. Yep. To sell more. And that's going to bring new manufacturers. So, yep. You know, new innovation. There you go. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Now we have been talking for over 40 minutes. Appreciate your time. Absolutely, and uh, we'll, we'll see how we finish tomorrow with, after all these other guys shoot their, their last six stages. I'll see you tomorrow and then at Altus in two weeks. Yeah, we will. We got the no, finale in I'll two get weeks. The finale. Oof, that's going to be a tough one.
I gotta, I gotta, I gotta edge you out a little bit. I got you by eight tenths of a point. You got me by eight tenths. Eight tenths of a point right now. Well, I really <laughs> wanted to make it to last month's match, but I was spending uh, eighteen hours in a truck on the way to Virginia. Apparently, didn't miss anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't there. David wasn't there. You weren't. Uh, yeah. Oh man, it's gonna be the finale is gonna be good though. Hopefully, I'm excited hopefully, for it. Hopefully, it turns out well. Be the first time I don't, uh, I don't podium or medal or however they. Whatever they counted, I don't know what yeah what, I, what they're doing my, for trophies. It's my first one, so I don't even know what to expect. Uh, Twelve stages, hundred and twenty rounds, shenanigans. Awesome! I'm 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 ready for it. Last year, last year we shot we shot a mover for the first time. Last year we shot off a fifty-five gallon drum strapped to the boat at two different targets. Yeah, oh yeah, it was <laughs> it was a sporty. That's gonna that's gonna test that's gonna yeah. test people. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be a good time. It'll absolutely. be a great time. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you, and we'll we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yep. Thank you. Sweet. So here we are with the first place team winners. So from my left, we've got Brandon Green, Ryan Steinforth. Okay, awesome. So, how many of these matches have you guys shot? Uh, one. So, as a team, him and this is our first match together. I've shot two other NRL Hunter matches um, as an individual, but this was my first – or I'm sorry, this was my second one as a team. Okay. And you? I've shot six total, five of them as a team. Oh, wow. Okay. So, you've got the, the shooter, spotter, team experience coming into these. Did you guys have any training or anything like that prior to, to coming out here? Did you guys have a game plan, talk about it or anything like that? Oh, uh, we did. We had a couple phone calls just discussing, you know, ballistics, what rifles we were shooting, kind of uh, discussing data there, talking our game plan about how we're going to, um, who's going to shoot first and how we're going to communicate and, you know, a little bit about setting up the positions and whatnot. And then we actually got to a chance to get together on Thursday uh, for about three or four hours and, and work together on a, a local range down here in Louisiana which gave us just kind of a confirmation that we were going to be able to work together and, and how we wanted to kind of communicate there, and it all just really went well. So, Okay. What do, uh, what do you think was a contributing factor? Would it say, like, gear management, like one person, like, spotting versus two people trying to spot? Like, what was your guys' game plan that led to success? Uh, so uh, going into it, we, we talked about it. We would both – try to get good ranges so we would both use our laser range finders on the tripods to try to hit you know hit all the targets multiple times and then both annotate what those ranges were and what the data would be we both had one another's data um on our arm boards so just in case anything went went crazy we could always refer back to the other person if they were on the gun searching for targets or whatever we could give them the data that they needed right off the bat and that was uh it worked out really really well so ryan's Swaro binos have one whole left tube is, is shot in them where they hit the ground, um, but the laser rangefinder in the right tube worked well. So, I was rocking a monocular yeah. all week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he did great with it. And, um, so once we come off of the glass, as far as ranging-wise, um, we would just feed each other the equipment as we moved. Um, if he needed his tripod brought in for rear or whatever, I was there to hand it to him. Um, and as soon as he cleared his rifle, he did the same thing for me, and we just worked our way through each stage um, that way, handing each other gear, whatever. You know, if something fell, hit the ground, whatever, we, we had somebody right there to, to snatch it up for you, so it worked out really, really well. Okay, and what was your favorite stage of the match? Who favorite stage. <laughs> <laughs> I 
There were a lot of really good there ones. There were a lot of really good ones. Yeah. It's hard to pinpoint that one down. What do you think? Um, probably my, you know, the one that if I could go back and do it again right now, like I enjoyed it in the entire match, but if there was one I could pick would be the first one we shot right out of the gate, the bobcat over the pond. You okay. Know, four shooting positions. You know, you had to range from, from one position, which was about – seven or eight yards away from the first shooting position, and then you had to move on down the, the line there on the ed edge of the pond. And it was the one that I probably shot the worst on. I made some some pretty costly errors there. But it was a, it was right off the bat, it, uh, it kind of showed me what I needed to focus on as far as my weapon movement, um, how, to, how to utilize the tripod, how to use lot, utilize the rear tripod in those positions. And uh, so I would like to do that one again for sure. Okay. I think the uh, one yesterday, I think it was two starting from the left over there, um, shooting off of the four rocks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, shooting that 10 inch gong out of the deer. Um, yeah, the heart of the deer. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. I like that one. Wh okay, so which which stage just went terribly bad and you want you want to go home and practice that one? For me, it was the, the what, Bobcat. It was the, the most one. fun and yeah. the one you yeah, want to get back? Okay. On, yeah. That was the one I want to do again. Yeah. yeah so. the, the ones that we really, uh, I guess, struggled on was just acquiring proper ranges. You know? Okay. Um, that first stage that we shot with you the circles okay. you know neither one of us got the correct range on the far targets there okay and, you know can't hit what you don't have the right range for so yep okay it was unfortunate yeah robert did a really good job of, of sticking those targets in a position to where you it looked like you were it looked pretty straightforward looked pretty easy to handle and then he threw you for a loop right there sure. at the end and uh that was that made it interesting for sure right okay. we knew right then and there that the key to this game for this match was yeah. acquiring the proper range getting high on your tripod ensuring verifying between each other that we had the right range and confirming that like okay this is what we're going to go with for a range for that target okay um what are you saying to the individual hunter uh shooter to get them to come shoot as a team with one of their buddies like what do you what what information are you putting out there to them being like hey just come and do it or like find somebody that you know you got good communication with or like communications key. You could, okay. you could take two great shooters. I think that don't communicate. Well, I've been in that situation before. And if you can't communicate well, you're probably not going to, you're not going to do well. Okay. Um, so communication, I think is number one, you know, practicing gear management, maybe manipulating your tripods in certain shooting heights and how you potentially want to shoot certain stages and, and find something common between the two of you that you both can do well. It's going to save you a lot of time. Okay. And as far as to get them out here doing it, um, if you've got a group of guys that have dabbled in the in the competitive uh, arena with the marksmanship stuff, um, if they're hunters at all, or if they're you know if there's a chance that they might go on a trip together or whatever, this is the perfect proving ground to save your you know x amount of dollar hunting trip. Come out here, shoot a couple of these matches, um, you know, across the coast or across the the U.S. There, and you get. A huge, a vast yeah. amount of experience on how to use your gear, how to talk to one another, um, how to manage time and stress and all that stuff. And it would make, like, if I know if I had a hunt coming up where I was going to travel, this would be probably, like, one of my very top, top things I would want to do in order to prepare, to prepare for that. 100%. Okay. So, in a, did any of these stages present a, a realistic uh, hunting scenario that you've run across like in your years of hunting and what was that stage uh, I mean hell shooting across the, the bobcat across the pond um, yeah. shooting in between there was a lot of brush there you had to figure out you, you know what 
you could have stood there, you know, with, on a tall tripod and shot some of them, but then you had to immediately collapse it down and figure out which position you were going to run because of the high reeds around the pond. Um, and, and lazy and trying to get a good hit on a tar or a good lays on a target that's out there that's you know slightly defilated or, or without a hard target around it for, for a known point um, so I mean actually all of them there's something realistic about every every stage we shot there was something realistic about it for Absolutely. sure that's awesome yeah. so okay. I, it's definitely one of those things where I would encourage people to come out here and try this and even like we talked to a lot of people this weekend this was their first time out and, yeah, I mean, it's, it was absolutely awesome to see that and to go through there after they shot a stage or two and we kind of caught up later on in the day, seeing what they had struck, what they struggled with versus, you know, what they brought away from that stage and then kind of talking to them about how we did it. Um, and, and hopefully they could take that forward, you know, take that little bit of information forward and, and utilize it. So, Awesome. So coming out here and shooting this match, getting the, the newer shooters involved, um, it's everything supposed to be blind, but did you guys do any coaching to some of those uh, newer shooters once they had finished the stage and, like, you guys are kind of traveling in that squad? Be like, hey, how'd you do? Like, we watched you shoot after you guys shot the stage and you, like, watched somebody. Like, were you given the feedback or anything like that? Is that allowed in the in the Hunter series? Or Well, at the end of the day, um, after, every, you know, after all the shooting done, the stages are, are – are taken out so there's no chance that somebody's going to shoot them again we have talked to people just about mainly about gear management about how to keep their stuff together um you you know if you talk to a guy after stage he's like man i got tied up in my tripod or i got tied up in my rucksack or you know my this piece of kit got hung in this piece of kit and it took me three minutes of my time to get all that sorted out so we you know kind of at at the end of the day talked to him about how we manage gear where you clip your you know where you clip your tripod to your ruck you know where your binos go and make you know making sure that they have the uh, a game plan for it, all that stuff that they do the same way every time to keep them from getting tied up in it. And uh, I think that probably just that in itself goes a long way because the gear management of this game is very, very important. Everybody has an accurate rifle and good data normally. Um, it's how they utilize all the extra stuff that they carry or, or not utilize it right. that makes the difference. Okay. Uh, we're reaching that time limit. So what is, uh, what's the one, the one last shout-out you guys want to give um, about the range, whether good, bat, come out, like new shooter? What, what's the key takeaway for, for this weekend for you guys? Absolutely. I think Robert put on a great match. He did so much with this range, a square range, the, the targets at times were much more difficult than I was going to think <laughs> they were going to be defined. And throw that with um, – the way that he was able to hide them, you know, kind of between berms and whatnot, you really had to focus on even the ones that you could find quickly, you had to really focus on acquiring a proper range. So it was more difficult than I thought it was going to be, and it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he did a great job with the range. And anybody in the local area down here, well, in north Louisiana um, or the surrounding states, I would say any chance they could get to come out here and shoot one of these experience, one of these matches, even if you just come watch for an afternoon, watch how it's run, um, you will talk to somebody and you will learn something. You'll pick something up from it, and, and that will put you on the path to come out here and be successful. So I would say, you know, at any chance, come out and at least watch one. If not, come out and, and uh, give it a run for yourself. And all you need is your hunting rifle, really. And, you know, and you, you need some ammo, and, and you can get at it, you know. So Sweet. Awesome. Well, I want to – I know you guys got to get on the road, but I greatly appreciate you guys, and congratulations on uh, taking – talk taking top teams. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. All right, folks, here we are with Mr. Robert Brantley, King of Two Mile. 
and the match director for Bayou Ballistics NRL Hunter Match. How are you doing, Robert? Good, man. Thanks for coming out. So, how was it? What what what'd you think? How was running a match here at uh, at the range here in Louisiana? It was a challenge. It was fun. Uh, I'm more concerned with the opinion of the others <laughs> than, than me. Uh, but I think overall it was accepted and fun, and we worked with what we had and had a good good time and ate good and that we did. <laughs> we ate good. I think that uh, overall it was it went well for what we were had to work with. Okay. Um, how many stages did you have at this match? Fifteen stages. We ran nine of them on day one and six on day two. Okay, and it's day two, and we're finishing up at about 11.30 in the morning. You're finishing lunch. Lunch, lunch yeah. You're finishing lunch at 11.30. So pushing 15 stages with the nine yesterday, got done in a decent hour, had dinner, big old catfish fry, and then um, shot those six stages a day. Couldn't ask for better weather Yep. Um, today and yesterday. A little windier today, but nice and sunny and cool weather um what do you think have you been to other hunter matches yeah i think i've shot five okay so. so what would you what would you rate the difficulty of this match against those and i'm not talking like the 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 carrying all your weight or hiking from stage to stage but like difficulty of your your course of fire i did some definite range finder challenges yes you know force you to be on the on the ball for your game uh your range finder uh i did uh so that that was one of the bigger difficulty hurdles let's say okay to cross wouldn't you agree i would um i uh i did stage one and those circles a lot of people were misranging that third circle that was back behind a 750 berm yeah um but on a different berm so like yeah there, there was a lot to range but there if you didn't know how to play like on something like that. I might would have rolled my focus and seen like how much depth of field I might have. Yep. To to see like w if that thing's lying to me or not because it, it could be deceiving. And I only try to do a few shots that way, not stages, but a few shots. So I think I had three targets total that you know was on the difficult level to find. I didn't want a bunch of that. Right. I didn't, I didn't want it to become a binocular match. I wanted it to be a rangefinder and rifle match. Yeah. Uh, and try to give stable positions to everything. And I tried to be appropriate to, you know, the target size distance relationship to the prop. Uh, For sure. And so definitely some lessons learned and some things I could have done a little bit better. But uh, overall, everything was hit multiple times by lots of people. Yes. So I don't think there was a single stage that – Nobody cleaned or anything else like that. I think everything was cleanable. I think it was being, you know, comfortable with your gear, gear management, all stages time management. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't think anything was, like, crazy out there. Four-tenths was the smallest target size I had. I milled everything before we started, and uh, four to six-tenths was your average okay. size. And obviously we're talking about a majority of animals, so animals generally – are not as tall as they are wide. Right. So a lot of wind forgiveness, but, you know, your data better be on because you only have a two-tenths high or low to play with. So uh, that was it. And, and uh, tried to keep everything in not in ethical hunting ranges 
right. So yeah, I, I mean, think our farthest shot was 820 or something like that. 820, and there was only three or four, no, there was four targets past 600. 450 to 500 was your average somewhere right. in there. So there was a couple of closer shots too. Yep, several two to 400 shots. Yeah, 400 yards in the end. Um, what? This is this is a square range. We're in the we're in the southeast, so it's a square range. It goes out to 850, but you're probably only 250 yards wide. Yeah. But you've got multiple berms that kind of cut the range into different sections, and it didn't feel like anybody was on top of each other shooting. Everything was really well like maintained as a blind stage, and everything is obscure. So when you you can only see your target from that area you're shooting from. So when you look out there, even though there's, you know, 16 stages worth of steel, you don't see other targets. Yeah. And you really only see, like, two even indicator boards uh, across the match as well. So I worked, that was my main challenge. The thing I worked hardest on was to make sure it didn't look like a range. When you come out here, there's steel everywhere, but uh, you go behind some berms and there's six T-posts. I mean, right. And, like, that target, if it moved it a foot left, right, up, or down, it would be a vis it would be visible somewhere else. But uh, I made sure to obscure it, uh, you know, to where you only see it on the stage you're shooting from. So that was the funnest part to me, putting all okay. that together. And how many shooters did you have for the for the match? Fifty something, fifty three, I think. And then some teams were sprinkled in there. Mm -hmm. We had uh, we had nine nine ROs. Um, over the two days, um, it was kind of cool also having like your zero and chrono location completely separate. So, yep. like the shooters that came in didn't get to come here and like even have the opportunity to see yep. anything or any other locations because it is a square range. You got a friend down the road with some property and a and a and a berm at two hundred and put up a zero board at a hundred. Yep. You know, fire your zero and fire your, your three rounds for Chrono, and it worked really, really well to keep everything blind for everybody. And to keep it fair to the ROs, since I'm giving the competitors a check a chance to check zero and check speed, uh, and I could have gave them long distance here. I, I let ROs only shoot at 100 yep. and get speed. That way it, it was fair, but, uh, you know, it, it, they were still yeah, given the opportunity. You could have let me shoot at distance. It wouldn't help <laughs> me at all. Um, no, but it, it, it did real, real, real good working out that way. Um, so are you you thinking about trying to run another one of these next season here? I'd love to. I don't know if we'll do it here. Uh, I might have some other properties uh, in store and uh, some pretty cool ones. But uh, it did work here, so it was, it was kind of cool. And I think people might have enjoyed the vibe of kind of getting to hang out and talk and yeah. not being far and – uh, we got to give some props too to the people. Uh, three or four big motor holes came in. Oh yeah, and I put them right on the shooting line. <laughs> so we got some. I mean, good you could obscurity. see nothing. Like yeah, you're you're sitting in the holding area and you're looking at the side of a of a forty foot, you know, yeah. motor carriage. motor carriage RV. It was awesome. Okay, cool. Uh, well, we'll we'll wrap this up. We're about to post scores to practice score or do arbitration or something like that. But I super appreciate you letting me come out here and and help you out in the RO and and put me up at the deer camp and let <laughs> me shoot this. It was a lot of fun. It was my first hunter match, um, so it was it was a lot of fun. I want to shoot a couple more of these when they when they come near us. You're welcome anytime. Man. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks, brother. Thanks, guy.